Happy New Year. This is an encore presentation of WMNF's Wavemakers. We're not taking calls today. Good morning and welcome to Wavemakers with Janet and Tom, a weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And answering the phones for us today is the clear-headed John Dunn. If you want to join our conversation today, you can call us at 813-239-9663 and John will get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0888. Eight, five. Today's Wavemaker is John Lynch, CEO of Kush.com, a digital business-to-business marketplace for the cannabis industry. And after uh, Sean's Tuesday Cafe show, with all that conversation about housing costs, um, a lot of you could probably use a little cannabis. Um, Mr. Lynch describes Kush.com as the Amazon.com of the cannabis world. Lynch is the founder of Tradecraft, a digital marketplace for the THC segment of the cannabis business that he's been running out of his South Tampa home for the past few years. It was recently acquired by Seattle-based Kush.com, which is relocating its headquarters to Tampa. A primary reason for relocating its headquarters is the emerging cannabis market in Florida, which is already big because of medical marijuana and poised to go even bigger if and when recreational marijuana is legalized. Meanwhile, the CDB business has taken off with massive demand for CDB-infused products from lotions to drinks to spice blends for foods. Kush.com aims to expand those products, including hemp, into a wider array of retail outlets. On August 7th, Kush.com hosted the first ever KushCon at the convention center. And this was a convention dedicated solely to the cannabis industry. The convention attracted all types of businesses. Panel discussions covered Florida regulations with Republican Florida House candidate Mike Minardi as a panelist. Nikki Freed, who's running for the Democratic nomination for governor, was also a speaker. And we caught up with a lot of vendors at the conference selling everything from spice blends for your food to creams to candies to sex aids. Um, we talked to Kush.com CEO John Lynch um, at the conference and he's scheduled to call in later in the hour. And we'll also hear this hour from Jeff McChesney with Flocan, a grassroots organization working to legalize cannabis for all uses in Florida. If you want to join our conversation, our cannabis conversation today, if you have thoughts on the status of cannabis legislation in Florida, give us a call at 813-239-9663. What do you think? Recreational marijuana, should it be legalized? And do you use CDB products products, and do you find that they work? A lot of this conference was about CDB and hemp. Lots and lots and lots of CDB products there. What do you use them for? Do they work for you? So give us a call at 813-239-9663. The still clear-headed John Dunn will get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Let's listen uh, now to our interview with John Lynch, founder of Tradecraft and now president of Kush.com. This was recorded at KushCon, so there's a little bit of background noise. 
John Lynch. Like the football player, I'm just a John Lynch. So I'm the, the new CEO of Kush.com. Kush.com recently acquired my company, Tradecraft, which was focused on the THC medical part of cannabis. We have been working together for a number of months. Steve McDonald, who is our chairperson, led the funding round, acquired my company, and merged the two together. When we merged the two, for a couple reasons, we're moving to here. One, during COVID, their office up there basically went to a virtual workforce anyways. I've been running my company out of my dining room table for the last two years. But Washington is a legacy cannabis market. Florida is an emerging cannabis market. Florida would be the third largest cannabis market in the world if it was a country. A lot of opportunity here, plus with all the industrial hemp. So we're going to move the company here and base ourselves in the tech hub at Embark Collective. So Kush.com is the tech platform. We operate in the cannabis industry. Seems like it made a lot of sense to bring it to where the market's going. Gives us access to the East Coast and Europe as these markets are developing. How do we know this is a right market in Florida? Um, based on the, the growth, the size, and the opportunity here, and the farming and the history of agriculture, this is a great place for us to be. Great for talent, great for proximity, and most of the national uh, cannabis operators all have a footprint in the state. This is a really great location to be involved in what's shaping the cannabis industry. I think a lot of people don't even realize how much is being grown here. Oh, it's, I mean... Not hemp, I'm talking about... Medical THC cannabis, third largest country of sales in the world. So, California, Canada, Florida. Sales, what about growth? Um, I do not know the total canopy in the state. I think there are 25 licensed operators. Truly, is the largest. Um, numerous growths throughout the state. Beautiful, really sophisticated, high-quality products. It's nice. Is this the first convention? This is the first KushCon we've had. We've had the Texas Hemp Convention, the Oregon Hemp Convention. This is the first one with our namesake, and we thought it'd be great. We're going to be our new home market. What a way to sort of kick it off. And we're launching a brand-new product at the show that no one's ever seen before. What's that? It's the virtual warehouse. So we are bringing a curated group of highly vetted, third-party tested, qualified brands into a virtual platform, basically a B2B solution for businesses. Think of us as the Amazon.com, but all about CBD and hemp. But the trick is we're partnering with established distributors to work with their relationships in the marketplace to make greater access for CBD products better. For example, beverages are high demand right now. Availability is very limited. These, got, these brands are looking for ways to come to market. We have a new solution to help them do it in a really efficient way. Our goal is greater access of safe, predictable cannabis products for adult consumers and where they shop every day. It's too hard to go buy these products right now. We want to make it part of the normal Miller shop. I'm, I want a clarification, though, because Florida has this vertical integration that they require of all these companies. So how does your company interact with these vertically integrated companies? Great question. So majority of our company is hemp and CBD. The company we acquired, which was my company, is called Tradecraft. That works in the THC space. So we are a hardware solutions company. So we sell innovative hardware to a True Leaf, to Move, Verano, to 
others. It's a non-plant touching, but we bring safe, predictable, innovative hardware solutions for them to bring new products to market. What, do you, what does that mean? What hardware. is a hardware the solution? Vape cartridge that's safer and cleaner than other ones. Oh. New dispensing devices that's a dablicator that's more consumer friendly, easier if you have dexterity issues to apply your THC to your infused products. What I find fascinating that I'm getting from this is how much business is being done in this cannabis space that I think a lot of people aren't even aware of. It didn't exist 10 years ago. You want a fun fact? So we purchased uh, from Bright House, which is the equivalent of Nielsen in cannabis. 2022 will be a $5 billion CBD business in America. $5 billion. No one brand has more than a 3% market share. Highly fragmented. Most of the products are e-commerce, most of it's topicals, it's creams. There's this huge demand for beverages, gumless, ingestibles, but some of the major retailers are a little scared to get into business right now because the FDA has not been really clear on adding the food supplement. So we're going to work, start working with other people that have a higher threshold of risk that want to participate in the cast. So meaning you'd be able to get it like at Publix or CVS or Walmart? Publix is going to be tough. Like I don't think you're going to see a CBD gummy at Publix for oh, a while. Oh, foods maybe. Beverages, bars, restaurants, there's a huge trend. Oh. Younger people not drinking as much, but they still want to be social, they want to be out. So mocktails with CBD, a lot of our seltzers, low calorie, almost no sugar, full flavor, but you still get a nice full body hot. But at a panel discussion, there was some talk about how accurate the THC levels are on flour in the Florida medical marijuana. So, apparently some controversy about that. A lot. Um, so there's six lab companies in Florida, I believe. Not all labs are equal. We work with one called Method Testing Labs, based here in Tampa. They would be they're a pretty interesting group for an interview. Great pedigree, very standard systems. It is a legitimate lab. We do all of our work through them. Um, and what we do is every brand that comes on our platform, they have their own labs they use. We have Method do it for verification. So we have an unbiased third party that can say what's on the label is actually in it without any chance for bias. So the controversy is that some companies might be selling high-level THC and it's not really. There are a lot of products out there that are probably hot, that are not advertised that way. We have a process where we do a video meeting with a brand in their warehouse, watch them do a random sample, put in an evidence tamper-proof bag, they mail it to Method, we test it. If it does not match the criteria, it doesn't go on our platform. And are you seeing full-on legalization in some of uh, I have learned not to predict that. Momentum's moving in the right way. What Schumer just brought to the floor, really interesting. Very aggressive campaign. Mostly folks are on decriminalization, but there's a lot of benefits in it. Um, I forgot the name of the bill. But consumer consumer demand is there. It's shifted. And now we just need to bring products for them they can count on that are predictable and safe. That was John Lynch, not the football player. <laughs> He's the CEO, the new CEO of Cush.com which was a Seattle-based company that was based in, uh, well, obviously Seattle. based in Seattle. <laughs> and it is a moving, uh, relocating to Tampa, uh, where John Lynch has been working with his other company. Those two companies have now merged. Uh, and it's just a reflection of the growing business interest in all things cannabis. And when uh, we ended the, that interview, he was talking about the, the Schumer, Schumer bill. bill. Now, yeah. The Schumer bill, uh, he couldn't remember the name of it, but it's actually the Cannabis Administration an Opportunity Act, and it would 
decriminalize weed on the federal level and allow states to set their own marijuana laws without fear of punishment from Washington. That's an important uh, point there is there are about 20 states that have already legalized weed for recreational use. That's putting aside states like Florida where it's strictly uh, medical and yet there are still federal laws against it. This would eliminate that. It also uh, does a, a few other things. It expunges federal cannabis-related records, criminal records, and creates funding for law enforcement departments to fight illegal cannabis cultivation and establishes grant programs for small business owners entering the industry who are from communities dis disproportionately hurt by past drug laws. This is all according to Politico. Um, now, at the uh, conference at the Tampa Convention Center, uh, there were petitions uh, floating around uh, to legalize uh, marijuana in Florida. It's going to require a constitutional amendment, and it's going to take more than eight, about almost a million signatures to get it on the ballot. Um, there, is, there are various uh, recreational marijuana proposals floating around. This one is backed uh, by TrueLeave, which is the largest a medical marijuana business in, in Florida. They've put $5 million into the campaign and they've uh, partnered with Bellamy, the Bellamy, Bellamy brothers, brothers, who uh, already has a line of medical marijuana with True Leave. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we uh, the, the, much of the conference though was about CBD. It that was, was what most of the products were. All the products were there. I mean, obviously something like that. There's not going to be any sort of THC type of cannabis. So a lot of CDB and and hemp products and absolutely anything you could possibly imagine. It was just really interesting from uh, sex aids to um, bedazzled delivery devices. And we're going to hear from some of those vendors. But a lot of talk about the CDB and. Um, I'm wondering, uh, what do you think? Are you a user of uh, any CDB products? Like um, John Lynch said, they're so popular. The CDB is a $5 billion business in America. $5 billion. Well, what's interesting about that part of it, though, and, and so Lynch's company has now put together these two aspects of the cannabis uh, industry. You've got the, the medical marijuana aspect where you have THC that will get you high, and then you've got the other part of the cannabis industry, which includes both hemp, which can be made into clothing and other materials, and the CBD uh, products, uh, which don't have euphoric uh, qualities, but many folks believe that they help with depression, All and kinds anxiety, of things. And inflammation, inflammation, and pain, and, and everything. A lot of people really just believe in the CDB products, including Karen Underwood, who um, in Dunedin, who um, emailed us, and she said, um, well, she said she's used CDB. She has no luck with it working. She doesn't feel that she's ever received any benefit from it. She does believe that marijuana should be legal for all purposes, but I really am not a fan of how it will jack up the cost, she says. And that's a very interesting point, and there were panel discussions about various aspects of the industry. And, and one of the points they were making was that right now uh, with medical marijuana, because it's treated as medicine, it is not taxed at the point of purchase. Whereas they, people expect recreational marijuana, like alcohol, would be heavily taxed. And the states see it as a source of revenue, obviously. Uh, and what's interesting now is you're seeing more and more Republicans who are advocating for legalization, partly because of that. Some of them are libertarians and don't believe the government should be regulating this kind of thing. Um, 
And so there is a Republican, Mike Minority, who's running for the state house, and he is one of the people leading the petition drive uh, to legalize uh, recreational marijuana. So there's a lot of different players at work, but what's interesting, I think, about one of the things that's interesting about this cannabis industry is that you've got a highly regulated industry in medical marijuana, which uh, we touched on briefly with John Lynch, is the state requires every business, and there's about 25 of them operating now in Florida, to be vertically integrated, which means that you can't just grow marijuana and sell it. You have to, you have to grow it, process it, package it, distribute it, and retail it. That takes a lot of money. You've got to have a lot of resources. And it's also immensely expensive even just to apply for a license, $145,000 merely to apply. Just to apply. No guarantee that you're actually going to get it. Um, And that, again, is the the medical marijuana. But there's a whole huge industry, which, again, is the CDB um, industry. And we want to know. Give us a call, 813-239-9663. And send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. And let us know, do you use CDB products? Do you you feel that they work? Um, And... And um, and what do you think about um, full-on legalization? One of the things that struck me um, at this event, at this conference, when I was listening to the regulations, the regulators speak was the 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 sort of almost they want a market, they want a, a wider market for the for this for the psychoactive products. You know, they they love that the CDB is such a huge market, five billion dollars, and so many people are eager to get the CDB products. And interestingly, they see it as as a gateway. This is the gateway um, product that leads you to um, THC and the psychoactive product, which frankly I found that a little bit disturbing. Um, but it is a big business, and Florida is a a big a big market for medical marijuana, and we want to know. Give us a call, 813-239-9663, or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and um, tell us what you think. I want to, um, let's let's listen to, um, from hear from some of the vendors um, that were at the, the conference. So the first one we're going to hear from is um, Brooke Westlake. So Brooke Westlake has a business called um, Legally Blonde and Blunt. And her business is all about bedazzling um, delivery devices such as, you know, why not a pink vape or a vape with rhinestones? Um, so let's hear what she had to say when we cut up with her at KushCon. Tomorrow I'll be speaking on how to pivot in the industry. And so pivoting, what came out of me pivoting in the business was creating an e-commerce brand for women that they, with their glitter and cute and girly kind of product that I did not find when I went into dispensaries and they were educating me on vape and consumption. I said, okay, where's my pink vape? And they go, we don't have pink. And I said, why don't you? And I'm like, I want glitter and bedazzling. So I just saw the niche for another company to fulfill women like myself that So that's, that's Brooke Westlake, and she also um, runs a, a, a company called the Women in Cannabis Expo, and that's all about getting more women into the cannabis industry because it is just really a male-dominated industry. So there were a couple of booths at the convention that were geared towards women, and Brooke's booth was fun, just so pink, just stood out so bright in that conference hall. Um, it was pretty amazing just because... 
Oh, so pink, and really, she had the only pink booth for sure. Um, we've got Robert in um, Palm Harbor, who's on um, who's on the line right now. Um, he wants to talk about the um, medical benefits to marijuana. So, oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I hung up on you. Call back um, from Palm Harbor to talk about the medical benefits of marijuana. Um, are there medical benefits of marijuana? Is what he's he's asking. We also have an email from Greg uh, who asks: Do any of the decriminalization laws allow Floridians to grow their own cannabis plants? And there is a petition drive, a separate petition drive, to amend the Florida Constitution to allow that. Um, the Supreme Court in Florida has already ruled that the uh, constitutional amendment uh, legalizing medical marijuana does not allow for personal uh, growth of, of marijuana. In fact, Tampa's own Joe Redner is the one that took that to court, challenging that law. And so in order for that to happen, there's going to have to be a separate uh, constitutional amendment to uh, legalize the cultivation, uh, personal cultivation of cannabis. And that was a big topic of conversation on one of the panels that we, um, uh, th that we sat in on one of the panel discussions. Okay, Robert, Robert, you're back on, I clicked the right button. Robert, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes, hi, thank you for having me. Uh, basically, what I wanted to say was how... Uh, well, as you mentioned, medical marijuana has become a huge industry here in Florida. And uh, reason being is, A, you can only attain it uh, medicinally with a prescription. Now, in order to do so, one has to jump through a lot of hoops and pay money every step of the way. Now, there is a political agenda behind this, and I'm, I'm not looking at this as a conspiracy theory. I've actually been in correspondence with uh, uh the Florida Cannabis Association, and they have provided me with a list of uh, politicians and legislators, uh, legislators in the state of Florida who approved medical marijuana on the ballot. Uh, about half of them were Republican, about half of them were Democrats. So it isn't a far right or far left thing. It's just it's the thing, it's the money thing. Well, so, it's funny, Robert, that you say that because I say that. Um, the marijuana, cannabis, whatever, is, it's, it's the great equalizer. It's, it's the unifier. It's a bipartisan thing, right? It's something that's supported, like you said, both by Republicans and Democrats. I mean, at least uh, agree on something. Right, but, right. Um, you know, they're, they're all getting a piece of the pie. I mean, uh, and I don't have evidence of this, but I would bet my bottom dollar that uh, they, they all have stock in it. Um, now, as you know, uh, as uh, uh, former President Trump passed the uh, the Farm Bill of 2018, uh, made it so that any derivative of uh, CBD or hemp is uh, you know uh, is legal for sale. Uh, hence the whole uh, Delta Eight, and that's a that's a whole other thing there. Now I uh, work in alternative medicine, and I've seen uh, a multitude of patients who tell me that they don't need uh, this the type of treatment that I provide. Uh, because, and I quote, I smoke cannabis. That's always, I've actually had a few people tell me because they uh, they do psychedelics, but that's a whole nother conversation. Well, Robert, interestingly, we're going to have a, uh, we're supposed to have a guest on, um, Jeff from uh, one of the advocacy groups, um, Flocan, and they talk about um, employee rights, that one of their goals is to make it so that people who are using uh, marijuana for medical purposes are not doing drug tests then at work and having losing their ability to work someplace because they're being drug tested for um, something that they're taking for medicinal purposes. So interesting that you bring that up. 
Yeah, it is a uh, it is a very gray area. Uh, the, the 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 people like the uh, patients I've had who claim that uh, you know they don't need uh, the the treatment that I provide or they need it very sparsely. It's basically for them it's an excuse. Now I'm not I'm the first one who will tell you that there are uh, there are qualifiable benefits for uh, cannabis uh, health benefits. I mean, the studies have shown that it's been known to not cure, but inhibit cancer. It's been shown to I- inhibit the uh, the progress and the and uh, metastasism. That's just one example. I mean, it's been known to uh, help with uh, diabetes, blood sugar issues. Uh, the list goes on. Well, so interesting. Yeah, is- I appreciate that, Robert. Thanks for the call. I want to listen to. Thanks for the call, Robert. And also, thanks for calling back after I accidentally hung up on you. Um, no worries. But um, I appreciate it. Thanks um, for I'm going to, based on that conversation, let's listen to another one of these vendors that we have um, that we talked to. He was talking about cannabis as a, as a supplement and its benefits in your diet. So let's hear from um, um, Chef Mary and see what she had to say about um, the product that she had on display at the um, conference. Which is CBD. CBD, and I know I said CDB, I think maybe more than once rather than CBD because I was thinking of old school Tampa pizza. Sorry about that. Hi, thanks for stopping. My name is Mary Adams. People know me as Chef Mary, and I work with local hemp farmers, so we're local and sustainable. We pride ourselves in supporting the community, so I created spice blends to help cross that bridge for people that were interested in adding hemp or cannabis to their life how to do that or an appropriate way to do that. So by utilizing a spice blend, that's something that you normally use all the time in your kitchen, this gives you the ability to add hemp to that, creating homeostasis in your life. So we, we talked to her a little bit about what the benefits are, and she talked about um, uh, inflammation and um, anxiety, anxiety and calming you. And yeah. I, she actually gave me a little, she had samples there. She had all the little cannabis spices and the little herb containers like you'd have on your and spice hemp. rack. She and she had hemp, and she gave me a leaf to eat, and I ate it, and it was delicious. It tasted kind of spicy. Spicy, peppery, like arugula. I think it tasted kind of like arugula. Too, I a little grassy, but um, that's but it, another it, it, it way to, to point out that hemp, of course, is just another category of cannabis that, until Nikki Free became agriculture commissioner, was illegal in Florida to grow, and she led the effort to legalize that as an agricultural product, and uh, so she helped create a whole new industry. And and you know, hemp is being. It's, you probably have seen clothing made of hemp, and you know they get CBD out of it. Uh, so, uh, yep. I think we have Jeff on the line. Is this um, Jeff? Are you on the line here? This is Jeff. Hi, thanks for having me on today. Hey, and Jeff, you're from um, what's the organization that you're with? FLCAN.org. FLCAN.org. And, and you probably know something about um, legalization of the marijuana. Well, first tell us what is FLCAN.org. What do they do? Well, FLCAN has been the organization in Florida and among many states, including Colorado, with our members' efforts fighting for the legalization of cannabis for medical purposes. All right. Smokable flour mm-hmm. only brought to you in Florida thanks to one of our members' lawsuits. And because, let's forth. just clarify that, Jeff. When medical marijuana began in Florida, you were limited to only vapes, right? Florida voted 
before legalization and we got shammed into this current system that we have now. So it took a lawsuit to get flour legalized. Exactly. But then they also end, end up introducing edibles. There was no lawsuit. So now... Yeah, so now they're introducing glass pipes, rolling papers, and turning it into a one-stop shop. Yep. But uh, one thing we talked about during the conference that you mentioned uh, is the, the, the need to legalize the plant, so to speak, um, so that you could grow your own at home without fear of being arrested. Is your organization involved in efforts to legalize that? We're in efforts to free the plant on free the plant. Level. Yeah. Well, some of the things um, that you talk about, you talk uh, on your on your information card that I picked up at the conference. You talked about um, your cannabis advocacy group, and you talk about ways to engage with FL Can. And one of the things that you mention is cannabis over cocktails. What does that mean, cannabis over cocktails? Well, a lot of our members like to engage other members within the community with things that they are like-minded. Some do it within, you know, cannabis over cocktails, cannabis over kayaks. We have that in a couple Cannabis over there. kayaks? Like, so you, you're just indulging yeah. in cannabis products while you're kayaking? Yes, exactly. Uh, medical card holder meetups and also people within the organization all get together and social gatherings. Social gatherings with cannabis uh, is something that should be a mainstay here. And well, I've, we we met somebody around. who was who was uh, uh, involved in creating a new chain of what he hopes to be a chain of of cafes where if you have a medical marijuana card, you will be able to go there and consume with other consumers like that. Is that? I, I think that well, may be common in some other states, but I don't think we've seen it yet in Florida. Well, not if we don't get the move. The movement needle moving towards employment protection. Right. If, if I have pain, and I'd like to give my story as an example if I could. Uh, I worked in corporate America and was a golden boy for the family's largest, America's largest pest control company. I developed a tumor in my back and it gave me immense pain. And I also had liver disease thanks to the pain medication that I was taking. Medical marijuana helped me tremendously. Unfortunately, my employer could not help me with their insurance. So um, after you know being rear-ended, I had to be drug tested. And that's not something that I recommend for any employee who's trying to seek natural relief and not be hooked on pain medicine in the process. Uh, there's a lot of ill effects with many medications and a lot of terminal effects and not a lot of relaxing effects. Medical marijuana saved my life. Uh, since then, I've, my obesity, I mean, I've lost 60 pounds. Um, I use medical marijuana in a way that should be used, not in 1,000 milligrams a day unless you're a terminal patient and you need that type of comfort. My thoughts on CBD and other derivatives, you know, there's a hundred different cannabinoids that is in that plant. There's only a few that are legal and being pushed right now. And the biggest one is being only used by the privileged at this point. Mm -hmm. It represents bringing the whole plant where everybody has equal rights and we are completely against 
vertical integration. Now we have politicians that are set to make $20 million bonuses here in Florida because they're part of the medical industry now. And for 15 years, they imprisoned people here in the Bay Area. Um, thanks for calling in, Jeff. I want to take a call from someone else. Um, you mentioned about the vertical integration, and we have Ryan in St. Pete who's on the line. He says he's a grower and owner of a pot business. So let's hear from from Ryan. Ryan, you're on the line. What's on your mind? Uh, hey there. Uh, to clarify, I am not a grower. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, I am the owner of, actually good friends with Jeff, and very intimately familiar with uh, with his organization, and they do amazing work. Um, <clears throat> I own uh, and uh, the brewer for CBDB Cannabis Kombucha Company. Okay. And <clears throat> yeah, I just, uh, you know, was scanning through the dial. I heard you guys uh, on the conversation for uh, KushCon, and I was actually at the day that that took place at another event in St. Pete uh, called uh, Plants Over Pills or POP that was put on uh, here, you know, with the same, um, you know, same goal, just to raise awareness, um, you know, of what the industry needs moving forward. What is your business, Ryan? Oh, uh, so it's CBDB, Cannabis Kombucha Company. Uh, we infuse uh, kombucha with um, a CBD isolate and a whole plant hemp. Okay. And, and where is your product sold? Um, all over St. Pete uh, and the Tampa Bay area. Well, then, of course, that's one of the biggest goals of Kush.com is, is to get products like yours available in a, more broadly, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty firm uh, believer in, you know, the plant as a medicine. I am... Uh, a registered nurse and a member of the American Cannabis Nurses Association. And, um, you know, what I see on a, you know, daily uh, you know, basis working in, uh, you know, the, the hospitals in the area, um, you know, is, you know, I'd say just far away from um, where my beliefs are truly. You mm -hmm. know, um, you know there's, uh, if people were to bring in like their vape cartridges to the hospital, that's, you know, that's not allowed uh, in, in, in most, uh, most cases. Um, so I, I just, I don't think that it's being utilized um, in the, uh, the hospitals or um, right. as, as widely as it should. Well, given how fast uh, growing uh, and big the uh, CBD industry is already, uh, do you see the government coming in with further regulations requiring testing or anything like that? Because it seems a bit of a wild, wild west right now in that segment of the cannabis industry. Lots and lots of companies, and uh, we heard some questions at panel discussions at the conference uh, about how reliable the testing was and and uh, whether you can believe the claims. What do you say to that? Uh, well, I mean, third party is that's the standard. You know, independent third party testing. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about the independent third-party testing, and I think we heard from that interview in John, from John Lynch how rigorous it is. Ryan, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Let's listen to another, hear from another one of our vendors So from the conference. So this is um, someone who has was advertising. Apparently, this is a very water-intensive business. So here's somebody who was there um, peddling his wares that uh, is a system for recycling your AC um, water waste for... Um, uh, growing your your plants. What's your name? And 
My name is Michael. And tell me about your company. Uh, it's called Future AC Water System. What we do, we recycle air conditioning water for indoor growers. We actually update, you know, upgrade your indoor growing room. However, if you're not into indoor growing, um, we also have it set up that we can hook it up to your refrigerator for water and ice. So there you go. You can either use it to grow your cannabis or for water and ice. And lots then, of niches in this cannabis industry that people are filling. Lots of niches. And in fact, this one was one of our favorites. So this is a, um, a booth that was peddling a sex aid. So it's called, they're calling it a, a, a vapordisiac. When an aphrodisiac meets vapor, vapor, you get a vapordisiac. That's what um, their literature says. So let's hear from the company Nude, and that's spelled N-U-U-D. They're from Miami. My name is Ethan Barak. I'm the owner of Nude. Uh, we are the first and only vapordisiac on the market. A all-natural vapor aphrodisiac, which is HHC-based and mixed with natural terpenes to give a very amazing effect and people are going crazy about it men and women are experiencing you know true pleasures hmm true pleasures men and women are experiencing true pleasures from nude um you're listening to wave makers on wmnf and we're talking about um florida's booming cannabis industry um and the um uh, kush dot conference that was held in tampa a couple weeks ago if you'd like to join the conversation if you have thoughts on cannabis recreational cannabis, medical cannabis, hemp, please give us a call at 813-239-9663 or you can email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Um, and Jeff, we're going to get back to you in a minute, but we got one more caller on the line right now. We've got Chris in Clearwater. He's on the line. Let's hear from Chris. Chris, what's on your mind? A bunch of points. Uh, you know, government charging so much, such a high fee to be a cannabis grower, and that's fascism. Right. Which is anti-competitive and monopolistic. Um, second, clinical studies show that the CBDs, cannabinoids, are very medicinal. Our bodies make some of them, and it's been known for over, or now 30 years, since 92, that uh, we have receptors in our endocannabinoid system. So CBD is a necessary nutrient, and we should be allowed to grow it. Plants for medicine and our food, we have a right to pursue of happiness. Um, another great thing about uh, hemp seed oil and <clears throat> cannabis oil is that it, it's uh, one of the few land plants that has the right balance of essential fatty acids of the good fats. And, uh, you know, that's co they, uh, essential fatty acids that make up 80% of our uh, insulation for our nervous tissue, which is called the myelin sheath. And, uh, you know, so um, chia seed is another good source. Otherwise, you have to go to more expensive uh, algae oil uh, or fish oil, which has its drawbacks because, you know, it's either refined and has uh, contaminants, but a lot of its good properties taken out or it's uh, it's not refined. It has a lot of contaminants. So that's why I like to buy hemp seed oil since we're not allowed. Well, we are now allowed to grow hemp. Fortunately, um, you know, since uh, 2019, uh, Florida State Hemp Program. So, so Chris, you're that. saying you feel benefit from CBD? You feel that you get you get some? Yeah. Well, from hemp seed oil, uh, which has a little bit of CBD in it, but um, 
Uh, just, uh, you know, at the refrigerated section to prevent the oils from going rancid. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I buy it there. Although that's why we should be allowed to grow it and press it fresh. Because the moment you press an oil, it's going to start oxidizing, becoming rancid. And yes, within about a week, uh, about uh, 12, 13 years ago, I switched from fish oil to hemp seed oil. And within a week of alternating the two, because I still had some fish oil left each day, I would alternate one and the other. And then after a week, I noticed that, uh, not that I was looking for my skin, but uh, <laughs> it's actually getting smoother. As, as ah, Okay, yeah, and, and, uh, I can use that. Government has a patent on cannabis to fight, uh, um, well, they, uh, reportedly to fight cancer, but it's uh, patent 6630507, that's the U.S. government, 6630507, entitled Cannabinoids as Antioxidants and Neuroprotectants. So it should not be a Schedule II drug. It should, you know, why, if it, if, since it does have medicinal value. Um, Chris, we appreciate the call so much. I want to get to another caller. Um, we got John. Thanks for calling, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Um, uh, we've got John and, and Hudson on the line, and I want to hear from John. John um, has a question. He's a survivor of throat cancer and wants to talk about the health impacts. Um, John, you're on the line. What's on your mind? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much. I just want to tell you, first off, I am a supporter of CBD, you know, oils and, and all the stuff from cannabis. Um, but as what I'm real concerned about is people actually smoking, uh, you know, the, the cannabis or however they do it, um, you know, with their lungs and, like I said, with throat cancer and stuff like that. Because uh, to me, if you smoke anything, it's really detrimental to your health. And that's the whole idea is CBD and the cannabis is health to get off of, you know, other drugs. Well, interestingly, my, I have a brother with um, terrible cardiovascular um, disease, and he's a heavy cigarette smoker, and he cannot seem to kick the cigarettes. Well, and he had two doctors, two doctors said to him, if you have to smoke, smoke weed. That is going to be better for you than the cigarettes. Um, well, I'm I, I would I would agree that if you had to smoke one that that would be my case. Better not to smoke anything. But you now have edibles uh, uh, available, uh, medical marijuana edibles. Does that? Yeah, think, yeah. Would that um, be preferable? I guess if you've, especially if you've had throat cancer, I would think so. Yeah, and I think that's probably a better alternative. And I, and I think that also, um, you know, growing up in the seventies as I did, we used to cook and put it in the you know cookies and stuff like that. So probably cooking with it would be a lot better, but. If, I'm just, you know, concerned with even people of young age, you know, teenagers and stuff like that smoking because I think eventually it is it could cause health issues. Health issues, yeah. I'm I'm concerned about vapes, using vapes. I think we oh. don't really know what the health impacts of vapes are, what they are, what the health impact on, is on your lungs. So yeah, I find that vapes to be really strange. New frontiers. Yeah, it's a new that. frontier. Yeah. We don't. We have really won't know for a while. Well, they, um, thanks, John. Really appreciate the call. Thanks, John. Take care. Thank you. Uh, so, Jeff, um, we, we have listened to a couple vendors from the conference. What was your take on the conference? What's your big takeaway from the conference? It was delightful to see so many people representing the plant in their line, what I like to call their lane. There's so many different lanes with this plant and how it can help this way, how it can help that way. One of the best vendors there that I found was hemp for water. Here's a local guy that's growing hydroponically on polluted lakes huh. that pulls out nitrogen and phosphate because any grower knows what's the two things that cannabis loves, 
So here is new developments that could potentially help save the earth right in our backyard. Uh, we've got the center out on St. Petersburg Beach, uh, holistic plant healing. We're talking yoga classes, uh, adult places to hang out, to medicate, to get proper education, and most importantly, people that are into the plant for profit. And a lot of a lot of people there, I think, if the whole plant was free, it would be a completely different convention hall. And sadly, if we're going to look at this product as medication, it should be handled as medication. Do and you not believe in it as medication? I'm skeptical. Absolutely, I do. You do? Okay. I do as a whole plant. I don't believe that we should take a tomato and break it down into just the good chemicals, but nobody can grow the tomato. Mm -hmm. uh, tomato is a tomato. They've created this industry out of something where 50 to 60,000 people are sitting in jail right now. Right now. There'll be people in the Tampa Bay area arrested over minuscule amounts right now. And here's everybody on the show talking about a profit. Um, 88.5 has been pushing the radical movement of marijuana since I started listening to hip-hop on it. So I'd like to give a huge shout-out and, most importantly, a moment of silence for Kenny K. Ah, uh, uh, the great Kenny K. The great Kenny K. Kenny K pushed this marijuana movement first on the air. And it was a pleasure being a part of the movement in St. Petersburg when the police would club you for even smoking marijuana. Right now, I'm walking around the pier, medicating and loving this great city that, that has a lot of opportunity for the plant. Yep. And most importantly, vertical integration must be stopped. Politicians and companies that push vertical integration went to big farm. If everybody has opportunity, then everybody... Yeah. Jeff, Thank thanks you, Jeff. thanks so much for calling in. We're going to let you go because we've got um, Mr. Lynch from um, oh, push.com online. So thanks for participating. Thanks, Jeff. FloridaCan.org. Please get involved. Thank, Thank you. you. Florida, uh, and is it the, the, the website? FLCAN.org. FLCAN.org. Thanks, Thank Jeff. Thank you. And um, Mr. Lynch, you're on the line. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's start with this. Just tell us, how did the conference go? Did It was the first conference, and how did it meet your expectations? Um, well, it exceeded my expectations, but I'm happy to say the feedback we have received from our vendors, our speakers, and a number of consumers that came to the show, they very, were very pleased with it, and it exceeded their expectations. So. I think that was the win for, for everybody involved and just proud to be part of it. You think you'll bring, up, bring it back next year? Um, I believe that the answer is yes. The only feedback we've received that maybe we want to put it a little bit later in the fall, but we would love to do it again in Tampa um, based on the feedback. And now that our office is here, we'd love to make this an annual event. So, yes. You talk mentioned your office. And so let's talk a little bit uh, about your relocation from Seattle uh, we have already aired the interview that we did with you at the conference where you explained some of your motivations for, for moving here. But I, I find it interesting that you're, you're going to be housed at least for a while at Embark Collective, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, 
Um, I think it's a great opportunity. I've been watching Embark grow over the last couple of years. They launched right before COVID, and I didn't have a chance to experience it. But when I was in San Francisco with Pax Lab, we were based out of a WeWork environment that I really enjoyed. So here's the chance for a cannabis company to move to Tampa in sort of our preeminent innovation hub in the city. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a uh, relatively you know, small office, but it's more about the shared space and sharing experiences with others. And I've already met a few people that we can hopefully mutually help each other out. Well, and, and Embark Collective, for folks who don't know, is a sort of an incubator for startup businesses. Although Kush.com is not really a startup, is it? Um, there, I, I would classify it as a startup because there's still so much work to be done. Mm-hmm. And the business has evolved a lot. We've merged two businesses together. Uh, and now we have a new growth platform that we're working on. So it still fits the DNA that Embark is looking for. Um, but we have been around for a little bit, yeah. And it's really, in a lot of ways, you're, this is a tech company, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a, it's a cannabis tech organization, supply chain solutions of bringing products to market, so consumers have a broader access to safe and predictable products. So interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So, in, I mean, in Tampa, of course, is trying to establish itself as a, a tech hub is becoming more and more considered a tech hub. And and this is maybe an indication of that, that you have this tech business coming from Seattle and relocating to Tampa. So as much as we're talking about cannabis and the um, legalization of marijuana, this is really also a conversation about um, Florida as a, or Tampa as a tech hub, don't you think? Absolutely, and bringing two of the most fascinating industries together um, in one place. In your prior caller, we were talking about just making sure that patients have access to quality products. We think we have a solution to help and play a role in that for everybody. Explain that. What what is that solution? Just um, by working directly with businesses throughout the country with our virtual warehouse, making it easier for small, medium-sized businesses to participate in this category in a predictable and economically favorable way to give them an opportunity um, will make it easier for products to be found consistently out in the market. So and and now, to be clear, this is not something a consumer can go to. I can't go to your website and buy something. This is B2B, is that correct? Right now, absolutely. Right now, it really is a B2B platform. Um, our goal is to open this up once we build this catalog of safe, predictable, and tested products that we will open it up someday, but our primary focus is to support medium, small businesses in the marketplace. And do you see yourself getting involved uh, in any of the political aspects of this uh, world? Because there are, this obviously medical marijuana, highly regulated, um, and uh, then you've got the potential for recreational marijuana. Is the potential for recreational marijuana one of the reasons they're drawn to Florida? Because there is no market in that right now, and it could be huge if it's ever approved by the voters. Um, Agreed. And I believe our area of expertise is really on distribution, supply chain, and brand. And I would like to focus our energies there and let the political and the policy experts and the voters, uh, which I'm proud for the voters, participate in that. That's not an area that we plan on spending a lot of time. It's really about getting products in the market on the shelf in a consistent manner. Well, and as you as you noted, it's already a, a huge market. It's a, you said it's a five billion dollar CDB itself is a five billion dollar um, business in America, and Florida, the third largest um, 
market? World's f- third largest market of medical marijuana. So the market is there. There's plenty to do even without full-on legalization, correct? Absolutely. I mean, just think of the opportunity. It's already a $5 billion business. A lot of it, almost 50% on the CBD side, and e-commerce, um, with all the emerging categories of beverages and edibles and consumables, that is still not easily found out in the marketplace in the mainstream business. So that's the place we're going to start and help bring people into the industry and make sure they have a good experience. CBD at Walmart, something like that. Uh, one day they will be there. But in the short term, there are plenty of small restaurants, hotels, grocery stores, independents that are looking for solutions in the variety. I think we can play a a helpful role in building the category. Well, do you, do you see the medical marijuana market in Florida continuing to grow, or at, at some point, are you going to have you already will have already captured everybody who's interested in that product? Well, I, you know, my original company, Tradecraft, was acquired by Kush. Tradecraft lives on and really participates 100 percent of their time in the regulated cannabis market. Um, so, fortunately, we do work with a number of the operators, MSOs, and state leaders. We play a role in that, but more on the hardware um, and commercial side. With the, the and the hardware, you're talking about like sort of the delivery devices, various delivery devices. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to read really quickly because we're running out of time. But I'm not going to read the whole email. But we did have an email from somebody, Jeff Smith, who um, in Tampa, who ta- is um, talking about growers, Florida growers, and he says at present none of the many many African American farmers in the interior of our state have been grant- granted a permit to grow pan- cannabis for the supply of dispensaries, even though many have applied. I think right now there's one in the pipeline. I believe one black farmer in the pipeline out of I think there's 25 growers. Or or something like that. Do you know, John, uh, off the top of your head, at twenty some? Um, it says. I believe that that is a. I think that is a almost accurate uh, yeah. summary of the market. And one of the things that you know, I think I've always believed, but learned from a business standpoint in my time with Coca Cola, that the business should should represent the consumer base. Yeah. And we know our consumer base is diverse and we need to have more diversity in the industry. Yeah, so it will, it we'll see what happens um, over with, with granting this one one license. Well, it's so expensive. You you can't just be a farmer. You have to be a farmer and a retailer and a distributor and a processor. It's a very high cost to enter this medical marijuana business. Well, we've all found as much as we love this industry, it is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, and I've yet to find anybody that's been it for a long time that will say it's easy, but every day it's worth it and it's rewarding. And do you, do you see the, um, the, the hemp aspect of this, just hemp clothing and other hemp products, is that going to continue to grow? Because it wasn't even legal in Florida until about, what, three years ago. Um, there is a tremendous opportunity there. And we have been working with some of the industrial associations, leaders like Jeff Green and Holly Bell and others to try to find a better way to help farmers and manufacturers come together. So we are working on a solution to help them. And uh, is it going, the hemp industry I I have been reading has gone through some changes in Florida already, even though it's only three years old, right? Some of them are struggling or or what? What is the situation? There was such amount of investment and growth and then there wasn't enough people out to buy it in a way that worked for them. So it's probably on another reboot, but 
but I think we have a good solution to help them long term. All right, John, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it, and I um, uh, hope we'll catch up with you again sometime soon. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, thanks to everyone who called. Thanks to everybody who sent an email. Um, we're happy to be here with you today. Stay tuned. Up next is um, Harrison Nash. Or Harrison is not in there, but up next is three hours of great music <laughs> after the NPR News headlines. This is WMNF Tampa.